Welcome back. Okay. Welcome back to the... Oh, my God. to stop. <laughs> we should just sing the song. Can we get copyrighted for that? Probably. Okay. Welcome back to the Primo Kino podcast. Today, we are looking at two movies that Abby picked out. Abby, do you want to get into it? Thank you, Audrey. Mm -hmm. This week, we will be talking about Paul Thomas Anderson's 1999 drama Magnolia, along with the Wachowski sisters and Tom Tickford's genre-spanning sci-fi film 2012 Cloud Atlas. What's the thing about these movies? Well, the thing, the thing. Everything is connected. The thing of it is, <laughs> they're long. <laughs> they are. My choices this week are centered around a theme of everything is connected. That may have you wondering in what ways and to what degree do our actions influence the future, near and far? People, families, the course of history, there are consequences to everything. You might ponder the ramifications of seemingly small choices and their ripple effect or reflect on how traumas not only pass down through centuries, but pass down in families. These films highlight that there is a choice of connecting to our humanity and possibly a larger purpose or devolving and causing both harm to others in future lifetimes. I didn't get any of that from these movies. I think I watched the wrong movie. I watched the Polar Express. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, Tom Hanks. Yeah, lots of Tom Hanks yes. spanning throughout, you know, different, <laughs> yes. different types of Tom Hanks. All right, Abby, why don't you, uh, why don't you, why, why, well, we're going to start out as we usually do in our story history of uh, doing a little spoiler-free discussion of each movie if you haven't watched it. And if you haven't watched it, go carve out six hours and come back to us or we'll be sad. So yeah, why don't we why don't we get right into it with a Magnolia spoiler free discussion? Sounds great. I'll give a well very brief overview. Um, so in Magnolia, we are brought into a day of the lives of several people whose lives are intertwined or become intertwined throughout the film. We witness relationship and family dynamics, uncover dark secrets, and grapple with forgiveness and reconciliation. And. And as the film progresses... Make some friends along the way. (laughs) Of course we make some friends along the way. Or enemies. As the film progresses, we are brought deeper into a character's life, how their history formed them, and the impact of their choices. Yeah. So it's kind of like a hard movie to, like... Summarize. Summarize because there's so much going on. So, like, I guess we're just gonna give you a brief overview of every character. Maybe not every character, but... Yeah, the the main characters... Yep. Yeah. So yeah, just to kind of run through them really briefly, then we can have a discussion about them. So there's a dying old man and his younger wife. There's a male hospice nurse that's there to help facilitate end-of-life care. There's a motivational speaker for incels. <laughs> there's a police officer looking for love. There's a little boy genius on a game show. And there's a former game show child star all grown up. And there's a game show host and his estranged daughter with a drug problem. Yeah, so yeah, it sounds like a lot of characters, but they're all connected by some strand of history or coincidence or fate. And it, they all come together to make a well, one cohesive story across 24 hours in San Fernando Valley. San Fernando Valley. 
maybe we can go around what were your guys' impressions yeah Audrey. i know yeah okay um i really liked this movie i thought it was really good and i like the whole i mean obviously we'll get into it with cloud atlas too but i like these kinds of movies where like everybody you're kind of like looking for how people are connected and how things are connected um and i think it's you know you don't like every single character in magnolia some of them are not good people but it's crazy to see like that much like development and like i mean it's three hours but it's still a short amount of time for like that many characters and like that many stories to develop and like conclude yeah i would say like the cool thing about it is it went like deeper and deeper like you got to know these people more as the movie went on and i think like i mean tom cruise's character as an example not the most not yeah the motivational speaker not the most likable person ever um and you don't really love him by the end but you see a glimpse into like his life and that's how it is for everybody and i think it's i think it's really cool very like well put together and impressive well this is the second time i've seen magnolia and i love this movie it's one of my favorite uh pta movies and yeah it is really impressive i think it might be long but i don't think it feels long i know everyone else thinks it feels long even paul himself but yeah, it is very impressive how first 45 minutes feel like 15 minutes with how it's all set up and it's just like so well-paced and so interesting. And then all these characters, yeah, they start as like who they are, but the way everything unravels and like the how you at least have like an understanding of who everyone is and like how they got to the you know, be the way they are, at, you know, as it goes on is really, you know, amazing. And it's all very like human and emotional and... Yeah, like you said, like, you don't, there are certain people that you don't like or ever end up liking, but, like, you have, like, an empathy for. Mm-hmm. And it's just very, it's very cool. I like it. pretty much every, like, decision in the movie I like, too, because there's a couple, I'd say, like, at least two pretty bold, like, creative choices in the movie mm-hmm. um, that I, that really worked for me. I mean, they could potentially take people out of it, but I thought, you know, they worked so well. Because it feels like a very like epic tale, even though for the most part it's pretty rooted in realism yeah. and down to earth, but it just feels like such a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like I, this is my first time watching Magnolia, so I picked a movie I'd never seen before. Oh, I didn't. Know um, yeah, and I was pleasantly surprised um, at those I think choices you're alluding to, Joe, um, and that they didn't get spoiled for me. That this movie's been out for oh, I don't know since 1999 yeah. right i had like yeah. no idea what the movie was about 20 before years, i saw yeah. it right right me yep i just knew that there was you know i thought it'd be a good match for cloud atlas because of the different characters and interweaving storylines um but yeah i was like oh my gosh this is in my first paul thomas anderson movie I ever watched really? i haven't seen any other that's a good pta movies that's a good first one i think but johnny has given me two yeah i i, I hope you're up with some discs some discs some blu-rays yeah <laughs> that yeah um, definitely gonna watch. Yeah, I don't want to be like a stereotypical film bro, but like when they're right, they're right. Like Paul Thomas <laughs> oh, Anderson yeah. is one of the best. Oh and yeah, I did watch all of his movies. Well, not I haven't seen Hard Eight yet. Uh, I've kept that for the end for some reason. <laughs> um, but out of all, I watched the rest outside of Licorice Pizza because it wasn't out yet. I watched them on like the span of a year because I remember yeah. Johnny, you had, we talked about it and we I hadn't seen any and I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. It's like a very storied like legendary director at this point in his career and hadn't seen any so yeah i watched them all and they've all just been so good 
and it's really hard to rank them but magnolia is i mean i just watched it so <laughs> i as i said like i said this johnny earlier it's like what which one did i watch last like yeah, that's like exactly, probably yeah. like in my <laughs> top three i remember just going off what you said i think i watched magnolia and punch drunk love on back-to-back days yeah. And also watch There Will Be Blood like five days before that. So yeah. I kind of speed ran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all so good. And like once yeah. you get into his like style, like you just want more. Yeah. This is my second time seeing Magnolia. I watched it a couple years ago. Um, and then I watched it just a couple weeks ago. I think it's a great movie. It's every time I've seen it, I've just been really impressed like at the balancing act it does because it's it never really loses its rhythm. It just like keeps chugging along keeps chugging along and that's both a good thing to me and like a slight drawback because sometimes i would like maybe a little um breathing room or a little room to breathe because it gets really it's like you're still reeling for like, some from something else or still yeah, processing yeah 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 something yeah, yeah. Else. yep like it goes like back to back to back like people like screaming and getting really and angry there's like and a like, crescendo yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah, yeah it's yeah. like it builds and builds and builds so you're everyone's like heightened at, towards yep, you know, the exactly. middle to end yeah it, so that's both a really impressive thing to pull off and also something that if you're not like on its wavelength exactly can be a little exhausting and that's what i've felt the past two times i've seen it just a little bit like exhausted by some of the emotion that was pouring out like every second that being said i i love the movie like don't get me wrong so yeah, I feel like I totally feel that. I was locked yeah. in. Um, you are, in a way, holding your breath until yeah. the end. Yep. Which is very much on purpose, like, obviously. That makes sense. That's Great why cast. I cried at the end of it. Great cast. <laughs> yeah, I, that's true. I Both times I've watched it, I've been on its wavelength, though. I've, like, been yeah, fully, and I mostly I've, like, fully been. bought in. I mostly haven't. I, I wish I could. I should have wrote it down. There's a specific moment where I'm like, okay, this is a bit much right now. <laughs> is it Julianne Moore yeah, in, in the, the pharmacy? pharmacy? Kind of, maybe. I love that, though. <laughs> Me, like, too. It's, well, it's, it's, it's almost she, like a soap opera type yeah, of like, it is, expression. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. yeah. <laughs> Some of Paul Thomas Anderson's later movies, I think, have really benefited from him taking a breather, though. Every once in a while. Like, and narr- I narratively. Know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he did kind of say that himself. Like, I know. Didn't he initially say, like, this is the best movie ever? Yeah, he's like, it's probably the best movie we've ever gonna make. And now, like, two years ago, he was like, Yeah, I, I think he would, I think he said, quote, I'd chill the fuck out and cut 20 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I don't know if he meant the narrative or he meant himself on set, like, chill mm-hmm. out. But there's some, um, yeah, growth in his part, I guess. And too. yeah, usually I'm not a person who thinks movies are ever too long. I mean, I give a lot of leeway to, like, directors i like with like long movies like people say did you hear that did you hear that everyone they're joking about the three-hour runtime yeah I, yeah well wait i haven't finished my thought <laughs> like people say like oh martin scorsese like the irishman is like way too long and i don't think you can cut a minute out of that and that's three and a half hours this one you could probably cut at least 10 minutes I agree with that. From where mostly, I don't know where to find towards the end. Yeah, there's a there's a bit to, there was a bit towards the end where I just kind of found myself like I don't want to I was paying attention, but I was just kind of like not as engaged as I was like before. Like there's a little well, bit there's of a, like there's there's nothing significant you could cut. Yeah, but little little m- tiny bits, maybe little tiny bits you could cut here and there. But again, it's not a big little deal. Bit. I don't like. I'm fine with it being three hours it doesn't go by it doesn't feel that long no i don't think it feels long at all 
And there's a calm down at the end. I mean, yeah, there is. I mean, maybe that's kind of it, where it, it gives, feels like you're finally like. There's a release. Yeah, breath. there's a release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Would you need? So well, I don't I mean you don't need. I know. I I know. I'm focusing on the negative here. I don't mean to do that. Like, I don't mean to be a grumpus. He <laughs> likes it. I love it. He liked it. I love the movie. <laughs> Probably Tom Cruise's best role, if not that or Collateral. I, I have not seen much of Tom Cruise at all, and this blew my mind. Yeah, I was like, I yeah. am obsessed with his acting he, in this. He showcases probably the most range. Yeah, because Collateral is amazing. Um, Eyes Wide Shut is amazing. Yeah. Can we talk about Tom Cruise's yeah, half ponytail and <laughs> yeah, it's oh funny. yeah, it's a look. When I had, I guess I kind of my hair is kind of longer now, but when I had really long hair, I should have tried rocking that. His right. outfit is so for like an alpha male Chad like womanizer pickup artist. Like he's wearing <laughs> like a really weird like knit like polo with a sweater yeah. vest. No, of just a vest that yeah, like vest. looks ridiculous over it, and then his ridiculous hair decision. Yeah, it's just a funny look for the type of guy he's marketing but yeah if you're somebody who likes actors this movie's got a lot of them yeah it does they're all really good so yeah we yeah everybody here likes magnolia and we all think you would too to varying degrees Ooh. some of us appreciated it a little bit all of our fans a lot all of the <laughs> primo they cut the primo worm. country they cut the worm primo so. country they what they cut the worm they're like orlando brown i plays did read about that oh today. yeah the worm so they cut something oh they did they, they keep did, yeah. all the film well, i didn't accuse them of keeping i don't know no movie does but all right they did cut a Some major role that's like alluded to Let's talk about the true true right off the All bat. All right, so <laughs> let's yeah, just get into it. Yeah, now we're going to go into uh, Cloud Atlas, spoiler-free discussion. If you haven't seen it, again, carve out three get hours out and go here. watch it. No, you don't have to get out no. of here yet. <laughs> no, you can, this is a spoiler-free discussion. Later you can no. come. And so later says, get out Directed here. by Lana and Lily Wachowski and Tom Tickver. Um, 2012's Cloud Atlas. Abby, tell us a little bit more about it. Yep, I'm just going to be really- It's your pick after all. Yes, it is my pick. Um, I watched this, gosh, probably in 2015, I would say, and it really stuck with me. And have I, you seen it before? I've seen it I before. Thought you had. I mm. yep, yep. And I remember being like very deeply impacted by it. <laughs> and then, you know, honestly, rewatching it, I did not remember a lot of it. I think I just remember how it made me like feel, mm-hmm. and I like that. So I picked it. Um, so just so yeah, kind of a bare bones synopsis, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes later. Um, So in Cloud Atlas, we see recurring themes of power, struggle for freedom, love, fate and free will, and the opportunity to grow. All of these themes play out over the course of millennia, jumping to and from different storylines or lifetimes. We get to see how cumulative actions that are seemingly blips in the grand scheme of existence create opportunities to not only change the course of history, but also the future of our souls. And we get to see Paddington's butt. Ooh. True. <laughs> that was the best part of the movie. <laughs> okay, I've never seen Paddington. His bare ass. I just, I, I just <laughs> knew that. I was didn't him. know that was Paddington until Andrew pointed it out to me. Um, pretty cool. 
Um, like I did for Magnolia. If you guys wanted me to, I could go through. Yeah, why don't you go through each? Um, because there's like time six period. different timelines. So give yeah. a brief little rundown of each timeline. Not necessarily the characters, because there's a lot. <laughs> give, give me every. There's characters character. I didn't even know were characters until the end. Yeah. <clears throat> what about? Exactly. Can I go through? Can I name the main character? Yeah, of the each main timeline? characters. Yeah, yeah the okay. main characters. Sounds good. I'm going to go into chronological order, which honestly, I don't remember if that's how they unfolded when they Ooh. introduced it. Um, I think it actually starts at the it does. end and then maybe jumps back to the beginning and yep. works its way forward. It starts with like Tom Hanks at Got the it. end. At the end? Okay. Let's see here. So there is um, there's a timeline that takes place in 1849 in the South Pacific where there's a young American attorney who travels across the ocean on a ship to conduct business with a slave owner. Then we move on to a timeline in 1936, Scotland. There's a young gifted composer who has been disinherited by his father. He decides to become an apprentice to an older renowned composer, leaving behind his gay lover. 1973, San Francisco. Journalist and investigative reporter uncovers corruption at a nuclear power plant and tries to blow the story open. And then we move on to 2012, England, where an aging publisher who benefits from sales of his latest book is on the run from the mob. In his pursuit to run away, he ends up at a place he cannot easily escape. And then we're into 2144. Big jump. Yep. What is described as neo-soul. Not the music genre. Soul (laughs) as in uh, Korea. Korea. Yes, yes, yep. So it's about a genetically manufactured fabricant who has been created solely to work as a restaurant server in a totalitarian society. Um, When a fellow fabricant starts talking about things that are forbidden and breaking rules, events swiftly unfold, and our main character chooses a path forward that she cannot return from. And then the last um, time period is described as after the fall, um, twenty three twenty one. Yeah, 20... I think it's like a hundred winters after this the fall. Is, yeah, yep. like a post apocalyptic. Po- yep, yep, absolutely. Um, and this is about a man that is a part of a peaceful tribe existing in a post apocalyptic Earth, where the only threat more imminent than the end of humanity is a cannibal tribe. He is visited by a more advanced being who needs his help in finding something on the island that has to be fixed and is crucial to humanity's survival. And like Magnolia, there's a lot to deal with there. A lot of different storylines, a lot of characters. They, it doesn't come together quite as much as Magnolia does, but it's more of like a, what would you call it? like Progression. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it's not like, it's not so much. Of it's a, not a single story. It's not like a web like Magnolia is. Yeah. It is. It's, it's like. It's almost like a puzzle piece. Puzzle yeah. pieces like coming together. Yeah. In a, in a sense. They're like more like vignettes that are like stitched together through like common themes and souls and also very um intangible ways too where something that happens in a previous time period is can be like physically seen or um is visibly impacted the culture of the future um yeah and the the fun thing about this movie is that like you got it you got your cast you got like you got Halle Berry you got Tom Hanks Jim Sturgis Paddington Keith David (laughs) yeah Keith David and Hugo you have Hayden. these six distinct yeah. timelines, but these actors all play characters in those timelines. So, like, Hugh Grant, Hugo Weaving, they play, like, six different characters. Tom yeah. Hanks plays, like, six different characters. Some that you wouldn't even notice until 
yeah. the, the credit scene that kind of like gives you a little yeah there's some heavy makeup real, effects yeah controversial yeah. makeup audrey effects, uh, yeah. i texted me last <laughs> night yeah i texted abby and i was like i could i could pick out like who was who for the most part but when they were showing who each person played every five seconds i was like what it was like yeah there were even some people were just like in pictures and like yeah. or like very small characters or like really really disguised so it was really cool also is a book like similar to the movie in the sense that the people are like the same i, I don't know i haven't, read like, I, how haven't would you, I believe probably they probably indicate it's that it's like implied. the soul yep. like, okay. of the person i'm yeah. sure that's like i'm sure that's consistent and that's why we get the decision for some of the characters in neo soul to look the way they do yeah which definitely works better on yeah. text than it does on screen. yeah a lot yeah. of the actors are in yellow face for that section yeah. So they're in they're in makeup to make them appear as because their characters they're playing are Asian. Yeah. So basically, Korean like Johnny was specific. saying, the same you know actors are you know playing different characters in different timelines. So this whole everything is connected type of thing, you know, through their you know you know possibly like souls, I guess, throughout time. Um, really, they I guess you know their intention was probably to create like everyone is like yeah um like yeah we're all the same we're, we're all, the same. all one yep we're, we're all, all the one. universe like yep. traveling through different vessels i, I get but. what they're going land. for but it i think we would have gotten the exact same point if they just, just looked yeah. white. i think it actually i mean not only it's i mean it's racist um yeah. it also takes you out of the movie completely. does because the makeup wasn't even <laughs> that great. Good. There's a not couple that, of them. Not that it would have been better if yeah. it was like good makeup, but you yeah. could tell immediately who was a white person made up to look like yep. a Korean person. Yeah, it, it takes you out of the experience, unfortunately, and I think that was probably, I mean, obviously not um, the opposite effect that it, it had. It's yeah. worth noting that there are examples of like, I was going to say that. It's Halle like, Berry it's plays a white person. It's a cross-racial They probably didn't yeah. think that it was that big of a deal there's, that they there's were making them. There's gender bending going on as well. Yeah. So I, they're going for like, I know what they're going for in that it's like but it's also love like, and like our fate and our journeys transcend certain The thing yeah. is though, aspects. I think this is a part of the movie that like um, I don't like very much is that they hammer that in so much that it's like yeah. we... That's something that we can that we feel that is implied in different ways, is said in different ways. That they don't ha they didn't have to do that on top of it um, to get that point across. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much the foundational like theme of the movie. So to like take a make have, like an artistic choice that goes so against it in like a real world context. Yeah, is puzzling, and I can I understand. I get if someone had the idea. Like, I get thinking of it, mm -hmm. like, when you're talking about making a movie. I don't understand how it made through so many layers That's of true. people and then made it through filming and I Final think, Cut. I think like, their message would have landed the same way and better if the actors just... We could get over the fact that there's these characters are white and also like, living in yeah, Korea. Like you know what I mean? Three of them. Like, but also, yeah, it, there's three of them. Like you did, like Hugo Weaving in the Neo Soul storyline did not need to be Korean. No, I was going to say it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they really don't have to. They can be white because there are people that are not Korean in that yeah, there are universe already. already. Already, and it it makes sense that like those characters wouldn't be like. I understand having like the 
what do they call them? They're like the waitresses and stuff. Like I understand like the actual people living there. Yeah. But like Fabricants. the yeah, but yeah. like the union or whatever. I don't think that they had to be. I mean, honestly, that would probably create another like a racial hierarchy or like oppressor type yeah. of like thing that they were going for anyway that they already, you know, that's played with throughout history. Yeah. Um, but opportunity missed. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a drawback I could, I, could, this guy did. I could totally understand it completely turning somebody off from the movie yeah because it's <laughs> pretty abhorrent in a sense but it's like, very like it's consistent throughout the whole movie and you can't like avoid yeah it's it. not like one scene yeah i won't get into it too much more but we thought the yellow face was worth just bringing up it's an elephant in the room elephant in the room it's a thing it could definitely turn somebody off from the movie it's worth also if you haven't seen it knowing that beforehand so it doesn't jump scare you yeah Yeah, because it's it's because you could not even want to watch it anymore yeah that's fine that's fair uh so audrey what were your general thoughts on cloud atlas i so we i watched it last night and it was really really good um, I texted Abby immediately after and I said that was probably one of the coolest movies I've ever seen because it is seriously like I said Magnolia is impressive and it is impressive but this is like on another level of impressive like I, ju- I just thinking thinking of like how it's like filming like those actors had to like basically film like six different movies like they're different characters but in the same like they're all literally different they're like different movies essentially like yeah you said. like they're all different movies but somehow movies. still like connected, connected to each yeah. other and it's like i don't know it was just really really cool to watch and like i said earlier like seeing who everybody was like i was trying to keep track of it and like i could for the most part but um really impressed of how they like fit everybody in there yeah i absolutely loved it too like i thought it was really good i also watched it last night so it's still sinking in a bit i'm still digesting some of it well, it's undeniably like a cheesy movie, yeah. but like it just oh, yeah. it just works so well because I think, I mean that's just kind of the zone that the Wachowskis operate it's in. A trademark, yeah. basically. They I haven't seen that many of the Wachowski sisters movies. I've seen The Matrix, and I think just this Cloud Atlas in The Matrix at this point, which kind of sucks. I want to see more, but they're so good at that. And Tom Twicker, I don't want to you know. There's three directors on this movie. Mm-hmm. They're just so good at pulling off those cheesy moments that in other movies might make you roll your eyes but they just give me goosebumps i got goosebumps like six different times Mm -hmm. in this movie i loved it like audrey said all the actors like they just seem like they're having fun and like tom hanks said it was in the top three movies of his career like based off the time he had on set so i just feel like everybody's operating all cylinders i loved it yeah i really liked it too (laughs) i mean i think it's a great i think it's a great movie I think it's really ambitious and I think it came together and was like successful. And I think I said this to Abby a couple of weeks ago, but I think if anyone other than the Wachowskis and Tom Tiger, like, but specifically the Wachowski sisters tried to take it on, I could see it like easily falling apart. And I think it goes to like some of the cheesiness of it and some of the, just the ambitious, like, I think they're very good. And I, I've only, I've seen all the matrix movies in this, but I do think they do a very good job of translating stuff that you would think would be unfilmable or, like, mm-hmm. difficult to put on screen. So I thought that was great. I really did love all the performances. I thought Tom Hanks was great. And he was like, fantastic. It's really yeah. – sometimes it's hard at this day and age 
to watch a movie led by Tom Hanks and not just see Tom Hanks. Separate Tom Hanks yeah. from his characters, yeah. But and even more so when he plays like six characters. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he he was great and like you it's not an issue. There's a lot of yeah. sequences in the movie that just remind me of like some action sequences in like the seventies and um in Neo Soul that just remind me of like The Matrix Reloaded mm-hmm. and stuff like that that I really loved. But I think I didn't, I don't think I got struck with it like as emotionally as like you may have and that a lot of people do, but, and I watched it a few weeks ago, so it's, it's sunk in a little bit here, but I thought it was like a very sincere and like beautiful movie, you know, from front to back. And I would flip it around, I guess. on like, which one I thought was like more impressive quote unquote, but uh, I don't. I don't really think that like matters. They're both like yeah. So I think good. the reason we're hung up on the word impressive here is because of just the amount of they're, characters. They're and, both super yeah, ambitious, yeah. like tackle, like juggle a lot of storylines. Juggling, yeah. I think both. when I said that, I meant more like the actors themselves, like and how. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, well, everybody who every like, every set is really good. Like all the set yeah. design is great. All like the costume design just is how great. it all came. To, yeah. And you have to nail that for like so many different like settings and so many different time periods it's kind of it's kind of impressive that like you know a lot of credit to the crew on that because it all looks really good yeah. and yeah every it does seem like everybody's having kind of a blast yeah like <laughs> how, how like often she was on the crew <laughs> no I'm, i am i am thrilled that all of you like it because i picked this movie i picked my note i didn't see it i kind of i knew you guys liked it like mm-hmm. um oh, I love and then Cloud Atlas is like the one I, I had seen and none of you had seen. And I and it was I don't know if the listeners know this, it was kind of a box office flop. Yeah, and it, it's, it's crashed. Very divisive. Like a lot of people like love or hate it. A lot of people it's confusing, like a lot, you know, a lot of different reasons. But um so I love this movie. I'm just really happy to yeah. hear you when guys you talking that, about you a, that you loved it. It's a big swing. That's why I picked it because I mean I remember I after I first watched it, um, sitting there and be like, how is this possible? Like, I've never seen anything like it before. Um, and I don't yeah. think we, I've never seen anything like it since. Um, and I mean, know, credit to like everyone too, because like I actually didn't think it was like confusing. That's what I was going to say. I knew, but I had thought first. <laughs> that's not true. I, I try to interrupt <laughs> multiple Sorry, times, but it's not um, confusing. No, no. I was talking to Abby yesterday and she was like, it she's like people think it's confusing and so like it might be confusing for you and it's not that hard to keep track i mean maybe if, in the sense of like tom hanks is in every single one of these and i can't tell like, yeah. if it's Wait, what? like you know like maybe if you like just can't keep track of all of the people but i think it's they're all very different. Yeah, I think you have to be okay with just sitting and like not knowing where it's going yet, yes. and to be to bounce around between. It, yeah, it comes and at together. A, yeah, and, and at a certain yeah. point, I was like, I'm not going to be able to tell who each person is. If I'm going to wait. Yep. I'm going to like look it up, or they're going to tell me at the end like they did. Like I'm not going to figure it yeah. all out. I think people get too hung up on trying to connect everything. Yeah. If you're trying really hard to like, where's Tom Hanks? Keep track. Yeah, where <laughs> fuck is he? Like, if you're trying, like, the most of the core characters are pretty apparent. But, like, if you're trying really hard to, like, keep track of everyone and notice every little thing, um, you, it, lose you, you yeah, you're yeah. not going to be, like, in it. And, like, it's just, like, a ra- like a journey. You kind of have to, like, yeah. Also, just one quick note ride. about we were talking about the actors, like, having fun. I just want to slide in here. Like, how often 
do you think Hugh Grant gets to play like a cannibal tribe leader? It like, is I, out I thought, of the box. I thought he. I, I I I'm thinking that he probably had a blast on this movie because yeah. oh yeah he. he it's very outside of his typical roles. How freeing creatively yeah. for yeah. probably some of these actors mm-hmm. to... And I like I like that Hugo in the 70s timeline basically got to reprise Agent Smith. Yeah. Like as like the his assassin. His hair was awesome. Dude. But, yeah. really cool <laughs> but just like one, like he walks in and he might as well have said like Mr. Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. because it is, I mean, and that's cool. I don't care. Like it's How cool often hell. does Hugo Weaving get to be old Greg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I said that to Joe. Yeah. I literally said that to Joe when we were yeah talking. I said he him. looked like, like a cavity goon, which yeah. is like a super deep cut reference from <laughs> like Timmy the Tooth that probably only Abby he's and the I cavity did. goon. He just he's, he is <laughs> basically really funny. He does that just unlocked a memory. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's wild. Anyways, I, one final thing for me, I guess, and my impressions. Um, it's definitely the the emotional part that resonated with me. Um, I will say in the rewatch. I was like, okay, like, I don't really remember, like, the, you know, details are beginning on the, you know, rewatch, but I just stuck with it because I knew it had an emotional impact, and it totally got there, and, um, yep, it's, it's powerful. Yeah, one final comment, one final comment for me is that, like, a lot of sci-fi deals with, like, time and the concept of time being, like, an illusion or time being, like, a construct, this is the only, probably the only movie I've ever seen that actually nailed that feeling because event if you're locked into it somewhere in the middle of the movie the concept of time just kind of slipped away from me and i didn't even care what time period stuff mm-hmm. was happening in and yeah it, all this stuff was it, all this stuff was like avalanching and it just all felt like i don't know what i'm trying to say it i got all goosebumps just kinda, when you said that it kind of <laughs> so i know yeah. what you mean yeah yeah, yeah. like time just kind of melted away and everything became like one story to me which I feel like the goals achieved, you yeah. know, the because it's should we just go into more? Yeah. So if you thoughts? haven't seen the movies, spoiler alert! Get out spoiler of here! Alert. I go just carve out six hours. Go watch it. Oh, they're gonna say go carve some pumpkin. And if you <laughs> have seen the movies, <laughs> stay here, please, please do not. You don't need to. And you know what? Don't watch these movies back to back. Watch. You gotta let them digest. Yes, yes. You don't need to carve out six hours. Just, just. Three. Six total hours over the course of two weeks. Um, that's probably good pacing. The, the like transitions in Cloud Atlas between like time period. Like, I remember there was one where it was the. I need to stop calling him Paddington. I need to start calling him what he's at his actual His name is Robert Frobisher. Robert. Um, when he's like playing the piano and then it turns into music like in the, like I think the 70s. Like mm-hmm. the transitions like that they. The Cloud or, Atlas like, Overture or whatever. Yeah. Sextet. The Cloud yeah, Atlas Sextet. Yeah. Like or like when they open it. I just think it was like really cool and like very smooth how they did. It's a good musical piece too. Like it's a, I liked the composition and the music. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, it's like it's very, nice. Very uh, I think nice. actually that won awards, um, the music and the mm. score. How did it not win like a costume design? I, like, it it didn't even get a visual effect nomination. It's really bizarre because the movie looks really good, especially for the yeah. time. But as I was saying, are we was, moving into spoilers now? Uh, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> this really Sorry, isn't like that. a spoiler. Like it's just more of like a structure thing. But like once I didn't really know what the movie. I knew what the movie was like about like quote unquote but not like exactly like what it was going to be but like once i kind of let go of like like obviously things that happen in the earlier timelines go on to affect and it's all you know sometimes physically manifest 
or impact people's lives like in the future or, or just culture in the future or ideas yeah. in general. But like once you like let go, I kind of let go of like, oh, there's not some big like interconnected like domino effect going on here. It's just like like a roller coaster of like soul journeys. And yeah. then then that's when I got into the whole like, oh, it doesn't really matter what time it is. It's just kind of melting away. And exactly. It, you're just along for the ride. And I'm not like expecting some big grand like come together like at the end. They it's, all are in the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you're, well, just they kind, all you're just kind of on like the same a little room. journey on these people's souls. It's not necessarily like a linear journey for these people it's not like oh you just get you just get better and better and better or worse and worse with the exception of like the two baddies basically mm-hmm. which you know that word's ruined by the internet they're not like sexy or anything just the two <laughs> yeah. the two bad guys the two like kind of corrupted souls like it's over the course of the history of the universe or the history of like this however many millennia it's not like a consistent trending upward or trending downward people like stumble on the way and then they stumble like within their own timeline too yeah and it's like a it's like a you know there's a lot of setbacks for a lot of these characters and a lot yeah. of redeeming moments so it's not and just, some people just like some people just you know are randomly like suck in like a timeline or some mm. people don't really move at all or learn anything at all and i don't and i don't think that's like a waste of time i think that's like true to true to life if this were yeah. like if this were like real yeah, because like Tom evil. Hanks is a pretty good example of that. He's a lot, Very in flawed. a lot of timelines. He's just the murdering like evil dude, and then in some timelines he's like a conflicted, you know, like the science timeline. He's oh, obviously yeah. working on yeah. some shady science, but he doesn't but he's want to. He's learning. Yeah, he's learning. He's learning. Exactly. But then he's just like an author that murders a critic. Exactly. Then he, then <laughs> he has like a, a dog shit, a dog yeah. shit Irish accent. Okay. Just a little step back for that his That also kind of took me out of it, <laughs> but it was funny. It, it was, was funny. That was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I can enjoy this, but I was like, what is going on? But it did facilitate the... Uh, what's his name? Um, older guy. Who's Cavendish? In, yeah, Cavendish. It facilitated yep. his kind of growth. Exactly. Yeah. So... It's a part, yeah, of influencing like one another um, through our choices. I initially, and I know this is kind of like getting a little off. I'm just thinking of these like different like timelines and storylines. The Cavendish one, I initially was like, eh, like take it or leave it. And then it grew on me, and I'm like, okay, this is like one of my favorite. That one one was like the funny one. It's a funny one, yes. And it's yeah, the stakes are a little lower. In yeah. that one, which is like, it's a little cozier. It's a little sillier with like Hugo Weaving's, like, you know, Nurse, Nurse Ratchet is, yeah. sort of thing. This is Noakes, is that it? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. And. Sorry, am I supposed to look? No. Yeah, Nurse Noakes. Yeah. Is it Nurse Noakes? Oh, yeah, Nurse We Noakes. have a chart in front of us. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a fun one, but it's also one where it's just like this guy in a previous, you know, lifetime kind of kept someone against their will, and now he's kind of learning what that feels like. And yeah, kind of overcoming that and why do I keep getting goosebumps? So these discussion, but it's like, but like there are things that like they, I think you aren't consciously thinking of, but you feel when you watch yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you feel that, like obviously this is like a kind of a cruel thing that's happening to this guy Cavendish, in in that uh, nursing home timeline. But you also know from how well the movie is like put together and paced that it's not necessarily like undeserved when it comes to like his entire existence his soul's journey yeah um so it's really rewarding to watch yeah that's what it is there's a payoff to it um with some of these characters yeah his like 
search for freedom and not only for himself, but he makes some friends along the way. <laughs> some old people that break out of the nursing home. Yeah. Mr. Meeks. That was, Mr. Meeks. I yeah. love that. Don't leave me here. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mr. Meeks. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's out. The bar scene. I loved that. That was so oh my gosh. That. Okay, yeah, that also. Also, I had no idea. Was that Paddington? The, would, am I getting this wrong? It was Jim Sturgis was the Scottish guy. Jim yeah. Sturgis, not okay. Paddington. No. Ben, yeah. Jim Sturgis was the Scottish guy that started the fight. Oh, yeah, that's that, funny. That was the one where I was like, no way. Yeah, I had no idea. Because that did not yeah, look like yeah. him. I watched this like right, I think, when the queen died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like the Scots versus the English. That's really funny. Yeah. Makes me want to join the IRA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to mention that, like, I already did mention this. I want to reiterate that I, I only saw this movie last night, so I don't have everything figured out about it, obviously. Yeah. There's a lot I'm still left wondering about. And so one thing I kind of wanted to talk about is Hugo Weaving's character, specifically in the latest timeline, old Greg, devil on the, the shoulder. Demon, yeah. yeah. What, do guys, what do you guys think about that? I don't know if that's something. So basically, yeah, this on. is like... Zachary, played by Tom Hanks, is, you know, kind of demon that he's hallucinating. No one else sees, but it's basically um, telling him to do horrible things or plenty of ideas in mind not to trust any people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's not, like a, not the same. up the guilt like, of, yep. Yeah. It's like community folklore, though, right? Like, yeah. it being haunted. But it's, it's never a part ex- of... It's never explicitly stated to be a figment of his imagination or just he's like that's truly, true. It, it, like, possessed that's by... That's true, because... It is Hugo Weaving, so it is that soul. Mm-hmm. So it, it's its own being. It's not necessarily just part of Tom Hanks's. But but I think with how Hugo Weaving's story goes from beginning to end, he's in each timeline, and I know and it, it's not necessarily consistent because he is like a high ranking official in Neo Soul. But when you get to like the Cavendish, like he's like a cruel nursing home, yeah. like staff member. And by he's, antag- he's antagonistic to pretty much the main character in almost every storyline. Exactly. And he doesn't necessarily lose power consistently throughout it. But I do think like... Oh, I see what you're saying. I do think like the e- like the pure evil essence of him kind of like devolves to where like him just being kind of a figment of someone's imagination at the end... Would make sense. Um, who is, he, is representative of like... Who is he in Paddington's? Um, Who's Paddington? Ben oh, yeah, Wishaw, Wish- sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry, no, that's fine. In the Cavendish storyline? No, not no, no. The, well, we use the music, the composer, yeah, composer. storyline. Yeah, who was he in that? Um, Did he have... Does I don't... It says... I don't know if he had, like, a large... There is a character oh, listed no, here. Oh, no, no, he comes over and has dinner. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember what his specific role is, but I'm looking at his chart. What you're saying, he does kind of lose power and everything. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Because he's, like, a wealthy slave owner in the first yeah. one. But I think you, to that point only tom hanks and like like here and see but it's not but that's just from our perspective i think it is a known part of like the lore and yeah the, maybe like religion in a way yeah, yeah. it is like a the a, a legend of i think it, I, ju- I, I just wanted legend. to mention that i think i brought it up because it's interesting how he's a tangible person in every single one but in that one he's more of like a, a monster idea like a monster yeah. like yeah. like his soul got like eviscerated <laughs> exactly and i think that's like yeah. the you know how it kind of like devolves over time yeah i feel like all you are is like pure evil exactly yeah Ooh, um you're just gonna yeah. like dissipate into just an idea i thought that was really interesting yeah and you kind of get that with hugh grant to like a smaller degree because yeah, he's not quite at the same level of like pure evil but he loses his humanity yep but he's mm-hmm. turned into basically a 
cannibal. Yeah, like, just an yeah. animal. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, purely driven on violence. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, you know, who's to say, like, in a couple other timelines, you know, he's going to be the same thing. Just, like, an idea. Yeah. Like, where, you know, some of these more, even the more troubled characters still have, still, like, yeah, persevere with, like, an humanity. identity. Yeah, an identity, yeah. Okay, I'm wondering who, what are your favorite, like... If you had to pick a favorite timeline, that's hard. That's so 70s, hard. Seventies, seventies was really good. Halle Berry was really Keith, good in that. Keith, Keith David, David was is awesome. so cool. Hugo Weaving's basically Agent Smith, you know, yeah. tracking him down. There's some very trademark like Wachowski like framing and uh, like when you have the the car chase scene in the alley and uh, yeah, it just like I don't want to. I'm not giving it like the nod solely because it reminds me of like the Matrix. <laughs> But it's a it's a plus. It's a huge yeah. plus, and I just think it's really I think it's really fun and a different type of energy that it brings. Yeah. when you get to that storyline, I I don't know. I'm having a hard time answering that. I, but Zachary's like... timeline at the you know mm-hmm. the post apocalyptic timelines also, I I like that one a lot just because it explores a lot of more you know fantasy elements. That one's cool. My favorite has to be I think Neo Soul. The struggle for. Um, freedom and like the roles of like you know like power oppression like through these timelines that's kind of where there's like a revolution that's where it comes to the head yeah yeah for sure and i am a sucker for that it's a it's it's also like i think it's a timeline that's like the heart of the emotional climax of the movie i I was gonna say like the relationship between yeah like and and how it exists in the other like oh my gosh yeah i think i liked that i like those two characters a lot um yeah, I like definitely. how Jimster just goes through all this shit just to get like murdered like <laughs> immediately in the last timeline. That's true, but as you know, yeah. it's not actually the last timeline. It's, uh, just, it's, last not, it's time just last time we see. see, but it is funny. Yeah, he just gets his. He doesn't have as cut. much of an impact, but he does. You know, Zachary facilitates some of his growth. Although, yeah. like, I wouldn't want to give my life just so someone could, you know, learn a lesson. Grow up here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my favorite and this is it's like oh obviously but paddington <laughs> yeah that was good that was a good one. But that's like i just love story. it's the love story and it's just it's it, a I love think... story between two people who never speak to each other on screen yeah. oh my gosh which is kind of it's only told through the letters the letters yeah and it i just i love that and then like it's like really really sad it's <laughs> like it's tragic and also, i they also both die the same way did you notice that yes that, that, <gasps> i was just gonna say that oh i was gonna i did not notice that in the mouth. Yeah. yeah i was gonna say that they both die in the same way and i really love how um god i need to start calling him by his real name wish like ben Wishaz. let's just go with paddington <laughs> paddington how um like in the seventies timeline, he's like playing like his his music own composition in that store. I just think like his character. Oh, I, yeah, just, I love really it. Cool. I love oh, it so much. He's like so the hippie much. guy. Yeah, he's yeah. the hippie guy in the in the record store, and he's playing his own song already when she walks in. See, I feel like right now I could cry if I wanted to. I think that <laughs> yeah. that storyline is what got cried. me the most. <laughs> yeah, I cried yeah. when he died. I cried when um, his lover died. Yep. I, yeah. There's a certain point in that little interrogation. Between mm-hmm. Son Mi's character and um, just the guy interrogating her, I guess. Six Man. Yeah. He <laughs> used to be Six Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, um, he lasted that no, long. No, that's him. That's him. He's seen in three. I, I wish. Yeah. I just saw it yesterday, so I feel like a doofus for not remembering the exact moment, but like, oh I got like, no. a There's lot. So, there's a lot. There's, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, can I ask what. It, what were, wait, wait. Sorry. Sorry. What, what moment, John? It was like around the time when, like, 
Jim Sturgis' character died in that storyline. Mm. And Sonmi was talking about, like, what what do you call that? What a, like, speech she gave, like, while he was dying. Yeah. Yeah. That part was really powerful. That was, oh yeah. Gosh, that goes yeah. on to be, like, yeah. the savior of this post Exactly. Yep. Ooh, I, I just got goosebumps. Yeah. That shot with Hugo even killing Six Smith, though, was brutal. It's pretty cool. It's... Like that shot of him turning around and then yeah. opening his mouth and then sticking oh, the gosh. gun in there. That was brutal. It's very abrupt and pretty Honestly, hard-hitting. when you said we were going to watch Cloud Atlas for this, I had no idea it was an R-rated movie. I thought it was like a PG-13. like. Action. Yeah, you don't think it's going to be. So I didn't expect it to be that brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm happy you picked it, though, because I had never seen it. I've always wanted to see it. It's been on my watch list for a long time. But again, if you're not kind of like forced to watch it, it not, was, not that we're yeah, like not, forcing yeah. each other to watch movies, no, but I like it is hard to like just be like, oh well, I got three hours. It was not on my radar at all. And who knows when I would have watched it if he didn't pick it. I think it's a Tom Hanks's best role. I roles. Yeah, I think as you know, in but total, specifically, even even if we just narrowed it down to that last timeline, I think. Oh, yeah. That's the that's his last work. I love Tom Hanks in this. And I think talking about like the actors having kind of that creative expression and maybe something that someone mentioned before, like Tom Hanks being in these bad guy roles or being yeah. in a role he typically wouldn't be in. It's really fun to see. And he's like the heart of it, you know. Yeah, he definitely the is the heart of it. I mean, there's a reason that he starts and ends a movie. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have to be this like pure leading man. You know, throughout it, like yeah, he typically he's not, he's, not, he's, he's not breaking expectations. He's only the main character in one storyline. Yeah, and he's also pretty, at least, you know, varying degrees of flawed throughout. Yeah, the he can he was a scumbag in a couple of them. Yeah, just a, yeah. So he gets he has a lot of freedom, I think, to to play around with his like inarguably like massive degree of talent, which I think can be yeah. stymied. In some of the other projects, I mean, in the he's been in a million. But I don't know. I would argue that the new Elvis movie. <laughs> Joking, I've never why? seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a favorite John storyline or? or well, no? I said I had a hard time answering, but yeah. If you if you made me choose right now, I guess I would choose the final one. Yeah, I would go final or seventies. Because there was a bit of horror in that. Hugo Weaving's character was scary. Him walking down the side Just, of the mountain is like terrifying. Yeah. It actually is. And he, it's a jump cool scare type cool. of <laughs> But it was also really, really endearing, like Tom Hanks and Halle Berry's relationship in that last one. I like that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, and like that, that was this like thread of like their souls, you know, meeting in previous timelines too. And him convincing her to save the girl was really, yeah. really good scene. I do think it being bookended with that timeline too is an indication of yeah. you know how that is really the and it is the 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 culmination of not the culmination necessarily but it is like where things end up for us you know for our yeah. viewing experience so um, I do think it's very intentional how emotionally climatic that one felt sure. and who who could forget the true true the true true yeah. everybody <laughs> loves it so Abby you got a little quote to wrap us up here. Yes, from Somi451, she says, Our lives are not our own. From womb to tomb, we are bound to others, past and present. And by each crime and every kindness, we birth our future. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's the movie. That says, it. that says it right there. So we're going to go around and give our you know ratings of these movies. Uh, who wants to start? 
Well, Not Abby me. didn't. I, I can start. I started last time. So yeah. All I right, Abby. What, what 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 would you give this movie? I would give Cloud Atlas a solid four stars. Um, this is also, I think, what I gave it last time. Um, but after watching it again, that really solidified it for me. Joseph, I would go with four as well. And I, in talking about it right now too, it makes me like think of it more fondly yeah just because like once you start whittling into it it's you know you start thinking about things you know really intently and there's so much to this movie and i do really intend on watching it again despite its runtime um i mean a good rewatch i think could bump it up but i i'd stick with four right now just because there's so much to digest and i think i i do need another viewing but i do think it's a beautiful movie I think it's very impactful, and I, and I just love like I just think the Wachowskis should get full rights to make whatever they want all the time. Yeah, because let them. It's so fun and it's so interesting, and it's such a big ambitious movie. Why can't people be as bold? Nobody does that. It, no, like yeah. it's so yeah. rare, and like Let's some people do. It. Some people do, and a lot of people do in movies that don't get anywhere near the resources that this movie has. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, it flopped. So that yeah. sucks because like studios need to make money, unfortunately. Um, but I do think it's a great movie. I'll give it four stars for now, but I could only ever see it going up with like a future rewatch. I agree. Audrey? Um, I also think four and I'm like the same way. I watched it last night, so it's like very fresh, but I think maybe if I like you know sat and thought about it longer or like looked oh my god <laughs> like watched it again dogs. or thought more about paddington maybe i would yeah. give it a 4.5 because i do love him and the whole movie but very very solid four yeah i watched it last night and i usually need a little more time like uh, to think about exactly how i felt about it but if you were to ask me right now i would say a pretty sh- four and a half like i really loved it and it just really moved me in a way that not a lot of other movies do. Goosebumps, I tell you. Goosebumps. I mean, it's something that, like, I'm getting goosebumps, like, we're talking about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of telling. I, a lot of movies move me. I don't want to sound like I don't get moved by movies. Yeah, but all, like, the, all the time. Right. But, like, yeah. not everyone does. And this one, this one, I really felt it. Yeah. It's a really gorgeous movie. And, it's, it's, and I said it earlier, it's a big swing. And they definitely connected. So, are we ready Magnolia. to move on? Magnolia. <laughs> Magnolia. 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 All right, Magnolia. This movie was directed by the famous Paul Thomas Anderson, director of the storied Dean Trumbull Mattress Man commercial. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> if you've seen Punch Drunk Love, like you have to look that. Yeah. Up. Have if you you've seen, seen Punch Drunk, Drunk Love? No, I haven't. Uh, if you've seen Punch Drunk Love, go on YouTube right now and type in Dean Trumbull Mattress Man commercial. Shout out Philip Seymour yeah, Hoffman, Hoffman the and greatest Hoffman. of all time. You know, I was thinking um, character-wise, we talked a lot. Yeah, we talked about our favorites. So, Audrey, who's the character you liked the most? Either it was just your favorite or somebody you connected with the most or the storyline that would really, you know, got you. Okay, shut up. I think <laughs> my, <Sorry. laughs> my favorite storyline, my favorite character um Technically, also another character, like two characters, because I don't know everybody's connected. But the little kid on the game show, 
and his story, yeah. his relationship with his dad, and William H. Macy. Or, Donnie. Yeah. Quiz kid. His, Quiz kid. His character kind of being, um, like, the kid is like, yeah. is like William H. Macy if he stood up to, it's like, like if, everything it's like going on. kept going the way they were yeah. going. He would this be is him. How it ends up. So it's just kind of like an older version of him, but he... It works so well. It's I just the little kids like, who is that? I think just I think the part such yeah, an amazing actor. The part of the movie that like gets me the most is when he tells his dad he has to be nicer to him. Oh. That's that, that's yeah. I I think yeah. I was like I like cried a little bit. And he just shrugs him Go off, to bed, but, yeah. right? <laughs> but that's like a step that Donnie never took mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, yeah. and then you can take. you can see like what would have happened to that kid basically through Donnie's Don, character. Donnie's so character. Breaks my heart. Yeah, and I love William H Macy, and he's such a, just a, such a good. He has such a good way of portraying like kind of like a hopeless, sort of you know broken guy. This like Jerry Lundegaard, like yeah, he always plays a little schmuck, like yeah. a pathetic mm. kind of schmuck. Sad, sad. Yeah. And he does a good job at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like you do pity him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. You know, to. I, that sounds harsh when I call him a schmuck, but like he is kind of. But yeah, but you, yeah. See, yeah, and like I get. But he's like, like a, in a victim role, like not because he's not a victim, he is. Um, but he gets stuck in this space where he's been wronged. Um, yeah, and like personal responsibility and like victim or victimizer or whatever. Like the, what I love so much about the movie is that you you just you understand everyone. Like mm-hmm. you under you don't understand like what they. You understand what they did or why they did it for some of these people, but like you understand like what weight they're carrying, yeah, and like what what is like eating at them and impacting them and what like makes them the way they are. And like, it's like in ha- in especially with uh, you know Stanley and Donnie, like that parallel mm-hmm. is so good mm-hmm. because you because you can see exactly where it's headed. You know if you know he didn't stand up for himself and you you know see that moment where this kid basically saves himself you know through that act even though it goes unrewarded at the time and you do have empathy for both regardless Mm -hmm. oh yeah i mean yeah as i said donnie kind of breaks my heart yep oh so when i think about the movie most of the time like the first character that comes to my head is tom cruise's yeah because it's a a pretty it's a pretty you know standout performance it's one of his best it's memorable, but this time I really liked Claudia and John C. Riley's yeah. story, and I think Claudia, I think her story really gets at because a lot of the movie is like about the effects of what you went through as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even even the ones that don't seem like that at first, like Tom Cruise's, right, is it, about childhood his trauma. childhood trauma. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yes. and I think hers. Her storyline encapsulate that encapsulates that in a really heartbreaking way, similar to the Quiz Kids. And I just really liked all the scenes with her and John C. Riley together too, as well. I was also probably going to say John C. Riley and Claudia, and especially because John C. Riley's character is like so subtly nuanced. Yeah, that like on the surface, like you don't like he doesn't really like appear that way at first, but like this character is like wildly complex in a way that's like not like in your face but he's just like he's such a flawed 
I mean, not to get like political. Yeah, he's, he's a like cop. a shitty. He's a, he's a cop and a shitty out, one. Like, and you like see Angeles, exactly like. what happens with this guy when he interacts with the black woman and when he interacts with the pretty white lady. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like almost in the same circumstances. Yeah. And how he treats those situations, but like he talks to himself and he convinces himself that he's, you know, uh, every you know, if, you know, out of twenty calls, I can help some like one person. Like yeah. that's a good day as a cop. Giving and, himself a pep. Yeah. Talk. And I'm just you know I'm out here like you know just trying to help one person at a time, and I'm like, well. Like you're a part of a broken system. You're kind of a broken man, and it's a but like broken man, yeah. But also, it's this desire to do good that's like so yeah. misplaced. Like he tries to do everything like the way you're supposed yeah. to do it. Like that's what good people are like supposed to do. And you know the cops are the good guys, and you know yeah. praying by your bed is gonna, you know, that's putting in the work. Mm-hmm. But he's but that earnest nature does end up there are opportunities for him to be able to utilize that in a way that matters well yeah. when when the one of the bold creative choices that i talked about earlier happens and it's forced to ha, everyone's forced to kind of surrender to the moment he does step up and yeah you know actually helps them yeah, yeah the frogs say, yeah. it's the frogs it's we're spo- spo- yeah, yeah, spoilers it rain frogs it rains frogs and it he rains goes frogs if you haven't seen it he helps they scroll splatter. Splatter. they splattered he helps donnie and donnie's in the midst of robbing his old employer which would have let him down gosh such an awful more sad path exactly yeah. Yeah. instead That's of a, as a, a, a chance cross. for redemption as a cop arresting him he walks him back in puts the money away and presumably they go on their separate ways mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i mean he's what you were alluding to yeah. right yeah. yeah yeah exactly can i share my favorite character quick and make oh it yeah bounce back is that cool um no, it was my first it was like my first watching of it so i mean it tom cruise is uh was it what's his name frank mackey yep, yep. frank tj mackey frank, frank is a funny name for like a <laughs> pickup <laughs> artist woman as yeah <laughs> yep um every time we're in that storyline um it just can't look away like he is not a good person he's kind of a piece of shit um but he's really memorable he's really um charismatic and the more the movie goes on the more you get to know about him the more you learn about him the more interesting he becomes um and the more you learn about the family dynamics he comes Um, across as like super one note originally mm-hmm. but as you as the, the first sight of someone's that's like chipping away at this wall he's put up yeah if you look in his eyes he starts like to crack the interviewer the reporter like mentions like his mom and dad he's got that wild tom cruise yeah you know, darkness <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is why he's perfect yeah in the role. She, and she picks up that and picks up that that's until authentic. he just unravels so, i think you just said that exactly though. <laughs> but you that what you true. see is this like facade this like character that he's made you know not not that that's like an excuse not like he's still like a super harmful individual and like public yeah. figure that's how he chose you know, he's andrew tate yeah exactly yes. he's a, he's, which is yeah funny how that's persevered and not funny yeah. I mean, it's you know scary but, like i mean it it's kind of funny like like it's like so outrageous that it's funny yeah um like it's horrible horrible things um, yeah, that are being said but it's like this dude actually thinks this shit and it's like a bunch of people actually like believe it like yeah. that's horrible but i'm like do you catch funny do you catch and, the talk in the interview about how you have to 
you know, move on from the past. And then later on, Donnie says, the book says, like, you have to yeah, move on he's from the past. Seduce so, yeah, so Donnie subscribes yeah. to the Seduce and Destroy. I did not notice that, and that is hilarious because it's it's such another layer of like who this like who this stuff targets it's like very sad lonely mm-hmm. broken people i never noticed that yeah yeah so and like that's who he's preying on but and it's like not excusing it but like you understand why like yeah. as the movie goes on and that's like the chipping away and it's the such unraveling. a self-protective thing where you know you've been hurt so horribly and you've been traumatized so horribly that you build up this persona that you know you're you're a predator um you can't get hurt Audrey you want to say something oh yeah I also just wanted to say like I don't I thought maybe somebody would say that this was their favorite but I think the most comforting character was Philip oh yeah he was he was such a presence the most I want him to be my nurse when I'm dying I wanted to (laughs) give him a hug so bad like I just uh, the close-ups on him while he's talking to um, yeah. Part, uh, Partridge, right? Yeah, Earl. Mm. Earl Partridge, yeah. And, like, his attempts to get, like, on the phone, every scene with him on the phone attempting to get to Frank. His unconditional, you know, just just positive so, regard for yeah Because everyone. he's, like, alone. Yeah. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, he has to be with people in their last moments, which probably takes a massive emotional uh, toll yeah. and like you know psychological toll and the, he, just like how he throws himself into this like task. i mean yeah didn't like another nurse like show up to take yeah. over and he literally like dis- well you can't, he decided can't to bow stay. out at yeah. you know yeah. the ninth inning this is oh. bottom of the ninth <laughs> this dude's <laughs> fucking dead i'm not gonna leave now <laughs> okay but can we talk about tab crews walking in the and dog. being like the dog i'll drop pick those fucking dogs <laughs> yeah this is really funny <laughs> Because there's so it many has, of them. Yeah, there's so many. They're so cute, but also didn't one like one die from yeah. eating the pills yeah. that it so, dropped? I was like, no. I have a dog, Millie, and her rule is she has a rule, okay? And she gives a movie in instant zero stars if harm comes to dogs. And <laughs> she. KK's rule? And yeah, she, that was, yeah, that was also. She knocks, like, not just dying, like, if harm comes to a dog. So she and did not she, like either of these movies. And she's still, yeah, no, she she lost Claude Outlet. The, the hard part of Magnolia, and she's seen it, she watched it with me a couple of years ago when I first watched it. <laughs> um, the hard part about that is that it happens, like, the end. So, like, yeah, she, she, sits through, she sat she through, through the whole thing only, the, to eat it. only for it to get ruined at the end. And that kind of pissed her off, but. Yeah, uh, she hates that. I love it. I like <laughs> to give my dog an identity. Yeah, it's a hard Part, line okay. rule. Like, well, it's this, an is, all this, or nothing this is a philosophical question for Millie. What does she feel about John Wick? Though? I was going to say, say John Wick is the only exception because John Wick is about what happens when you fuck with a dog. Yeah, it's not. It's, they don't, it, the dog's not just a side thing for shock value. It's exactly. About, yeah, it's about you know you mess with you know. Does Cloud Atlas get a? No, Cloud Atlas is like no, thrown the, in. The dog is redeemed, but it's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. The okay. dog is not redeemed. The dog is avenged. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. The dog is avenged, but it's not that big of a deal. Oh, but yeah. I forgot about that until. Yeah, that was <laughs> the so. Movie. That, like, I you should like, have heard no. John, Dad, and I were watching it and, like, everything else that happened in the movie. I mean, there was no, like, audible reaction. <laughs> yeah, but we were just, like, no. oh, my God. <laughs> yes, it's a hardline rule, and the movie has to be. It re- the criteria whittles it down to one movie, but it, it like if harm comes to a dog, the rest of the movie has to be about how those people are hunted down and killed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So specifically, John so just John Wick. Wick. She she loves it. I love it. 
anyway, Magnolia. Yeah. <laughs> and I think implicit in a lot of movies with Philip Seymour Hoffman is that he's my favorite character. Yeah, he's but just the <laughs> best actor that um, Earth has ever I watched yeah. Hunger exactly. Games Catching Fire last night with oh, Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman. And was that his it, last role or was that Mockingjay Part 1? They digitally part, like, oh, finished good his in role. that, right? Oh. For um, both parts spoiler of the <laughs> Spoiler alert. I for just think one. Catching Fire. Yeah, he's a game maker of the. Uh, the quarter quell, the seventy fifth annual right. Hunger Games. Anyways, well, he. I mean, it's just a character. No, but um, Audrey, we, yeah. She said she asked if he's good or bad. Yeah, bad. But doesn't guy. he eventually join like the resistance? Yes, because I remember. Yeah, that's he, the spoiler. Yeah. That's featuring both him and Julianne Moore, right? A little <gasps> yeah. Boogie Nights yes. reunion. Boogie Nights Magnolia reunion. Yes. I do like Julianne. Julianne Moore's character is like great, and also <laughs> always a knockout. Julianne Moore is great. Her character is the one that, like, I connect with the least. Or not connect with the least, but, like... It's a, a lot of, like, hyper-emotionality that I didn't is understandable, her but it's hard to... I didn't feel it as much. And that sounds fair. mean. That sounds mean. Well, she doesn't but have... it's hard to connect to her, because you don't know where her emotions are coming from, necessarily. They're just all over the place. Her story figure it out. is more in relation to Earl. Yeah. And we don't get and the guilt. full story right. of, like... But, like, that's where, like, her feelings now are originating from, whereas, like, Frank's rooted in childhood and Donnie mm-hmm. is, like, rooted in childhood. And yeah. But, I mean, we get some of that with she, John she, C. Riley and And she talks about how she married him for the money. Yeah. Like, young. So there's not childhood, but still. But, I I mean, she's a great addition to the movie and a great... She's obviously fantastic in the movie. I'm yeah. just saying her, her character is the one that, like, I'm not sure exactly how it fits into everything. It's not one of the focal points. I I, yeah. I think it's, I guess like the one tie-in would be like you know redemption and you know she's yeah. she's not going to be able to get forgiveness from her husband because she's not willing to share like that shameful thing, um, but she's willing to tell was it the lawyer, yeah, and try to get herself out of the will, I think to you know pay penance. Mm-hmm. And then I guess there is a parallel there with Philip Baker Hall's character. Who admits to cheating on his wife, but doesn't go into that conversation with the intent of admitting to molesting his daughter. Yeah. So uh, I kind of changed gears where I was going there. I forgot that he doesn't really freely admit that he molested his daughter. The no. scene she kind of has to drag it out of him. Yeah, that scene. He doesn't even fully say it. He says yeah, she I don't, thinks. No, yeah. and then he says I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Which is yes. Yeah. Which is always yes. Yeah. That scene was like really difficult to watch. Like yeah, him and his, his wife. wife. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. Not to compare the act of marrying somebody for the money in the act of molesting but <laughs> i'm just saying there's a parallel there mm-hmm. yeah but um and then his wife going to his daughter like during the whole that was really emotional thing. yeah very and, gosh yeah. yeah just a parent like being there for mm-hmm. their kid um which is powerful to see after seeing all these like examples of like parents not being there yeah for their kids yeah and when i said earlier that like i sometimes wasn't on board with the amount of just like explosive emotion that was happening i don't really mean that when it comes to the claudia storyline because that makes perfect sense obviously given what she's dealing with and her drug addiction and all that stuff what were you talking about i guess kind of julian okay yeah (laughs) i i do love that okay that pharmacy scene though like i love it no i do too no i i yeah and yeah it's it's good um i just love like her like she's so yeah she's really good (laughs) also sorry (laughs) Shout what? out to Pat Healy. He's the pharmacist. Yeah. Shout out to Michael Bowen, who is 
uh, Stanley's dad. Yeah, he's it's, really good. It's Jack oh. from Breaking Bad. Yeah, he is good. Also, if you didn't know. Yeah, he's I in did a not. A few Tarantinos. Yeah. He looks he's familiar. A good actor. Yeah, he's a good actor when he's, he's fuck. When he's, Kill Bill. Oh, that's insane. Yeah, he <laughs> he just he has a different look back then. But he his like freak out in not to jump around too much. Well, I mean, well, I mean the whole point is jumping around, but his freak out in the like back room like during the game show is just I don't know that hit me so hard because he the, the chair. yeah because this yeah. dude is unhinged and it just it really gives you a sense of Stanley's home life. You know, if this is how this guy's acting in public when his son isn't measuring up yep. to his expectations, because and it's just like it's abusive. This is yeah. what these kids are going through. They're like just mm-hmm. tools. They're just you know playthings to like laugh at, and yeah. uh, it reminded me of the rehearsal for some reason. <laughs> like, Dude, I literally <laughs> thought of the rehearsal when like I was watching Nathan the movie. Fielder's HBO show yeah. with like the whole child actor thing, and yeah. like you know how it's just kind of inherently, which is funny because like he and himself as a child actor like in real life in this movie yeah but i don't know that's just 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 a layer to peel back but we all are forgetting the true emotional core character of this movie and that's louis i was gonna say louis <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> as himself just yeah as he's not louis. himself but he i think he i think in the credits it says louis guzman yeah, yeah. No, yeah. His, name's his name's louis his name's not just louis his name is louis guzman oh really yeah i think so. i, I oh, could be wrong that no, you're so, right. there's yeah. okay so two things about the game show i just like how like everybody has these, these dramatic stories that we're uh, looking at and louis guzman is just like fuck this shit i just like we won yeah yeah we won like you know sports game when you call it like who's in the lead uh and how those (laughs) two kids just how the fuck did they get on this show because like they don't answer a single question stanley's carrying the whole experience time by him yeah like he was because stanley says i'm not doing it this time i always do it he always does it because he's the best but you'd think they'd know an answer to a question which is just like such a sweet moment and like a powerful moment when he <laughs> refuses yeah oh, and him just, I just i love him so much and him peeing his pants and that seems so, like such so a, sad it seems like such a little thing but it's just like when you think about like pushing a kid to his absolute limit it's like it's such a good like representation of that and it's and so heartbreaking there's also this like almost psychic connection going on between him and phil baker hall in that scene like the way they look at each other yeah. like they're both at this like crazy turning point in their life yeah yeah kind of a breaking point in a way yeah they're kind of a breaking point in their life and i don't know just i can't put it into words that well but the look that they give each other when he's refusing to go up there just is really powerful when he's asking those questions and philip baker hall says i don't know stanley like yeah no exactly that was the that's the line i was trying to think when he says i don't know stanley there's something in there i can't quite put the words they're on the same wavelength yeah and like they've dropped the act yep and it's uh yeah that that's Talk about goosebumps. Yeah. That's, yeah, that just gave me goosebumps. Yeah, me it's too. The episode, we have a lot of goosebumps going around this episode. We should just goosebumps. call it goosebumps. Yeah. Also, he absolutely had enough time to go to the bathroom. He totally yeah. did. What's a long ass commercial yeah. break? Yeah. What's, her, what's the actor who. Actress? Oh, Felicity. Felicity Huffman's Huffman, character. Yeah. Frick you. Yeah. You know what? Frick he totally could have ran and went pee. Fake listening like, to him when he's giving his fun little facts in the elevator. I know. Is that, is that like a thing you do? Like you just like to look at what's happening now? I'm just like, yeah, you just no. He's, he's a just, genius, so he's, he's like telling you some fun things. facts. Just accept that. I'm just thinking now of like I have no idea if this is worth talking about, but the idea of like redemption 
and forgiveness. What can you forgive? Yes. Yeah, what can you forgive? Yes. Obviously mm-hmm. not molestation. Yeah, I feel yeah, like I was gonna of, say that. On, the mon- <laughs> on the monstrous side of it. Like, mm-hmm. And then like but you can for- a couple you can... Te- steps below is Tom Cruise's character. Yeah. Like, Can you forgive that because it has such a harmful predatory effect that yeah no who knows what tom knows cruise's what... disciples have done to women in the name of what mm. but not only, yeah. but not only the is, forgiveness is that where you were going yeah exactly yeah, yeah. causing For... a lot of harm in itself Absolutely. but then but then you learn so much about how he became that person you can't help but feel bad mm-hmm. for him when he and talks the, to his have, dad you have the empathy and yeah. you know i would say tom cruise at his dad's deathbed you know going through through his childhood and, and crying. So it's not necessarily forgiveness. It's not necessarily redemption. I think that's confronting, like, a painful past and confronting yeah. the, like, perpetrator in a way of that who harmed you. It's an but, acknowledgement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And getting the opportunity to do that, I guess. Heavy uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. Heavy subject matter. And Philip Seymour <laughs> Hoffman's like. It's, it's always sunny. It's always sunny. <laughs> <laughs> subject matter. Subject matter. Heavy subject matter. <laughs> <laughs> subject matter. <laughs> yeah, that's a heavy subject matter in these movies. I love, but Philip Seymour Hoffman's like dedication and tracking them down too is just like yeah, and so like beautiful. how a minor interaction is between him and the guy who first answers the phone for Seduce and Destroy. Yeah, he's it's like, like, no, I'm listening. It's like, you see this guy who's just doing his, like, shitty phone job and this guy who's on some, like, fateful journey yeah. of trying to reconnect father Wild and son. And this like, is the part of the movie and, where... Yeah, exactly. And, like, his effort to get that guy to help him yeah. is, like, really endearing. Yeah. yeah. And the guy's willingness to to listen. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to that guy. Like, yeah, he yeah. did help. He could have just hung up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he is working for a really bad company, but he, yeah. <laughs> but that at a call center job, like yeah, the hotline, yeah. that's just like he might a just bunch of be, guys being yeah. like, "Why can't I get laid?" <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's gonna be. I a, want a refund. It's gonna be a tough job. <laughs> I like the I intro a lot. Uh, just like the little, like the the three tales about coincidence yeah. and the, yeah, um, so that felt very like PTA hasn't done anything really like that. Again, if I'm not mistaken, like with like a no. narration, and felt very like Tarantino-ish. Uh, I don't know, just because of a narrator, but um, it was yeah. it was a. Uh, I really enjoy that setup. Um, about how you know these things just happen, or like you and know, that kind of comes things, back with the yeah. kid like this happens. Yeah, the this happens. Like really... he knows this happens. Yeah. Wait, what was it's that? It's an anomaly, Cause, but cause it happens. I, it's my first watch and I was watching it. I didn't really absorb it. I didn't really look into it afterwards. So like there's these like acts of like coincidence. Yeah, it's like a yeah. mon it's like three um yeah. like almost like urban legends about just crazy happenstance. Like a man kills himself, tries to kill himself, he jumps off the window at the same time his mom shoots a gun out the window, right. shoots him in the stomach. It's rule as a homicide, homicide, even though cousin Net would have saved him. It's like he's crazy, yeah. like Every, But it's yep. with a gun that he loaded. You know, yep. unbeknownst to that, because that yep. little kid saw it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, how does that tie into? I think. I, I think it's it just, just like kind of thematic, in, like yeah, thematically with the frogs raining down. Mm-hmm. Just it's like these, something okay, that happens. That's what you said. It's yep. like yeah. these things just happen. It's just like this isn't just one of those things that you know happens, but like uh, Stanley's the only one with the frogs that 
is like, yeah, this happens. Yeah. Like he's not like he kind of not phased by it. And it's kind of a weird little battle between in the movie between coincidence and fate. Yeah. Because it all feels very fateful and like yeah. destiny. But I guess I don't know. Is that all that stuff just coincidence? Yeah, maybe it's just like I'm not the, a freaking philosopher. Yeah. No. <laughs> maybe the you know kind of acceptance of both or all of those things exist at once it doesn't have to be one or the other it's both are elements i don't know yeah and i i mean i think it's a you know a dance between the two it's not necessarily like one or the other and i do true it's representative of how everyone's pretty sad and everyone's pretty lonely and everybody has like something that they're going through or some sort of baggage or some sort of weight or some sort of trauma um you know we're just following these stories that happen to be you know pretty wildly wildly interconnected Mm -hmm. but a lot of bad parenting yeah Mm -hmm. but um but the frogs is just that's just something that that's not you know fate coincidence that's just something that happens but it forces you know it's so like uh, ubiquitous it like forces everyone yeah. to stop and what I uh, earlier I said you know surrender to the moment yeah um which really shows a few people's like true colors like in a good way yeah what was the Jimmy Gator parenting fail <laughs> yeah <laughs> epic fail <laughs> what was the second creative or you said that there are two creative decisions that uh, their choice to break into song <gasps> that's oh what my I was gosh. I was yeah, gonna let's talk about yeah. that it's not the f- that's really cool. I like stop. it. I love it. It's amazing. It's an amazing little uh, um, detour, I guess. You, you know? don't realize like, that at first because I think it's Claudia who starts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like listening to like Amy Mann throughout the whole movie. So yeah, I think exactly. she's just sitting there singing along and then it cuts to another character who starts yeah. singing. It really hits home that like all these people are like connected in some way. And like that line is just like for better or for worse whether you like are as i said like a victim or a victimizer or someone that's just you know been through it it's like it applies to everyone you're saying it's not going to stop until you wise up until you what yeah the why yeah. yeah the song which was that written for the movie or was that just an amy man song i don't know because i know she did music for the movie it sounds oh, like it was know. written for the moment yeah yeah because like the even the lines that the characters sing themselves apply to their like own yeah i can't draw one from memory but i feel like it does but it, it it's like uh the ui's upline is just like there's like all these people have like an agency you know about them you know and like uh sense of like control over their own lives maybe with the exception of stanley who's still you know a child and still Mm kind of like shackled by his you know parents and his home life but like regardless of what tom cruise in like frank went through as a child like he's still responsible for his his horrible actions and you can't excuse exactly we were to kind of take a step back um is there any like i don't know any imp- like big picture impressions? Anything we're missing? Well, I do kind a of... decent Tom Cruise, but um, I... <laughs> show us. I don't do a decent okay. Tom Cruise. Um, I guess I'm cooperating. <laughs> no, that, that's Jerry to... Lundegaard. Yeah, that's a horrible one. Too. I was talking to Abby yesterday about like I don't know if this is worth like talking about. We've I mean we've already kind of discussed it, but how like. The game show is kind of like uh, something that connects all of them. 
almost or like i think it's like interesting to talk about the like the things that connect all of them like it being a big girl partridge production ties like it all together like in it it gives you insight on like who he was like being like a big you know whatever it's like you're saying it's kind of like the heart of the story yes. in a sense yeah the yeah um it, i, I it's think it's like the that's... center of the magnolia yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm pretty sure there are scenes where you know it's like playing in the background, yeah, or yeah. like you see like merch or like a advertisement or something. I don't know. Um, I do like when Claudia is like watching it too, and like mm-hmm. and sees the you know Jimmy like basically cut to commercial because it you know how bad it went. Yeah. Um. Wow. Just to think though, like how like to even watch it, like absolutely. I'm just thinking like you think back to like. Her dad's just showing up. I was gonna bring that up earlier, but I didn't know how to. Yeah, and you're like, wow, that's like, but like, not knowing, yeah, why not knowing, she's like screaming at him dying. to get out, yeah, um, almost feeling bad for him, but then learning, yeah, because she who pretty relentlessly wants him to get out of this. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, there's no yeah. room for conversation. It's loud enough for the and cops so, to be called. Yeah, after learning that he's dying, <laughs> the first time you see the movie, you're kind of like, geez. Yeah, like, it's, it's a little harsh. Yeah, but, and then, but then you're like, you're wait, re- no, it's not. No, it's absolutely not. It's very And then valid. it flips to like the gall for him to even show up. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And show his face without having reconciled any, not that you can reconcile Not even that, acknowledged. But even acknowledging the, it or yep. even, you know, trying or even admitting it happened, um, which would destroy him, rightfully so. So like, you, you can't know, have it both be, ways. Him still being a figure, like you know, it, you know, it's implicit in that that you know he hasn't acknowledged it in any way. Yeah. And how long do you think his wife I knew about it in the back of her mind? Because she seemed to have that question ready. I think a long time, because I think her emotional distress early on in the movie, you think it's because of his like sickness, yeah. but I think it's because she knows that this is she knows, and she knows that there's not much time left and it's like you have to confront him about what she does which is another you know thread throughout it people who end up confronting people about something and people who who don't yeah Yeah. Yeah. or people end up you know like um is it julianne moore's character who talks to like the lawyer about it but never confronts the husband and Mm -hmm. and the husband you know he's dying he's never able to actually you know say anything to his son but his son confronts him um Frank is able to pour his, you know, heart out and reconcile and confront and acknowledge this pent up trauma with Earl and his like upbringing. And Earl is very clearly not like he's still under like the morphine. He's still not conscious. He's still not very aware. But when, you know, that frog hit, you know, the frog rain comes and everybody's, you know, surrendering to the moment and like, you know, has to, you know, stop and confront, even though they're not directly impacted by it. Um, you know, they're like under the safety of their home. He does wake up, and and I think just implicit in in Frank being there is like a sign of forgiveness. Yeah. Um. So he does gets, he say anything or does he, he doesn't? That's acknowledgement. There's there's something. There's some closure there, um, which yeah, because he wanted his son there more so than like I think Julianne Moore like definitely has to like live with the guilt and doesn't like confront him directly about it, but. I mean, really, this is all stemming from the father, son. Mm-hmm. These two movies are, um, they have some deep quotes, like really. They do. Yeah. They do really. Impactful quotes. Cool. I don't know any off the top of my head, but yeah. there's They're quotes. There. Yeah. There's ratings, trust ratings, ratings. So <laughs> uh, who wants to go first? Oh, Abby, you want to go first again? What would you give this movie? Out of five stars with half 
um, you know, with half points. The letterboxed in it. scale. I'm looking to see at my letterbox what if I gave any. No, I didn't. Um, I would give this movie a solid four stars. Same as Cloud Atlas. These are both solid four star movies for different reasons, but both you know, deeply like impactful, emotional, um, and a lot of stuff to think about. Jo- you want me to go next? Okay. Um, I would also give it four stars. I love the movie. I know I kind of, especially in the spoiler-free discussion, it sounded like I didn't like it. I do want to reiterate that I do really, really love this movie. It's on the lower end of my Paul Thomas Anderson scale, but that speaks to more how good he is of a director rather than the quality of this movie. Four stars. Good movie. Good time. Um, I think I would also give it a four. Um, same with Cloud Atlas. Honestly, when I go on Letterbox and actually rate them, I might give them 4.5s or 5s, but yeah. The discussion deepens and like, yeah, I don't know my feelings towards them. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I gave Cloud Atlas a 4 and uh, yeah, four, 4 seems good for both of them now. I will say our conversation about Cloud Atlas, not that it didn't like, I was going to say 4 anyway, but it really solidified it in mm-hmm. a good way. Speaks um, to how good we are at doing the podcast. Yeah, this is a great episode. <laughs> We're freaking. We made it to three. <laughs> tell your friends. Yeah, yeah please tell your friends about this show. Um, but I I gave Magnolia four and a half the first time I watched it. Um, I really loved it. I you know once again didn't have any issues with the pacing of it or the duration, but I would give it a five now. I think it's we got a five, <gasps> five alert. <laughs> we. we- Abs- yeah, I yeah, I'd give it a five, like pretty pretty easily, um, without hesitation. And I'd say it's in definitely in the upper ranks of what? <laughs> what we did when <laughs> Oh yeah. Well yeah, we're cutting no, we can't cut that. <laughs> I not, he will not hesitate. No, I yeah, I love it. It's in the upper echelon of PTA movies for me. Even though I got there's so many R fives, but I think you know, it's hard. Like maybe I'll watch Phantom Thread again and Punch Drunk Love again, and they'll jump it. But right now, I would say it's at like three behind Master and, and yeah. There Will Be Blood. But he's I good at making the movie. He's good at making the movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> making the movie. Making the movie. He's, I cook it a pizza. It's one of those movies where I think a lot of people like. It's such a great cast and a well-balanced cast you know a lot of people are like oh like amsterdam has the best cast ever and it's just like throwing in a bunch of random like stars like yeah. doesn't make it a great cast i think everybody's like perfect in this and i know it's a different time so it's like even tom cruise wasn't like as big back then i mean he was still big but yeah it was a different role for him but yeah per- i i would say pretty close to perfect um i really bought into it like throughout the whole thing so was a lawn for the ride. All right. I see John has his wheel. little notebook. Wheel. 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 I do want to watch Speed Racer soon. Yes, I do. Wheel. Wheel. Speaking of the Wachowskis. Wheel. All right. It's time to spin the wheel to wrap the episode up. We got a fun little Yay. prompt. Big homemade wheel. If it's impressions, I'm quitting the podcast. I can't think of a single impression out of any character in either movie that I could do well. <laughs> all right. Yeah. That's what I'm Who so says interested. it's a character from the movie? Oh. Oh. All right, all right, all right. We're spinning the wheel. Can I just say, while the wheel spins, uh, we had this whole talk last week about John Malkovich and who would be a good John Malkovich like now. I think my Malkovich impression, listening back to it, treaded into some Christoph Waltz territory. 
And I think Christoph Waltz would be a really good modern <gasps> day being John Malkovich. All right. Oh my gosh. We got That's just marketing, about Tim Roth. marketing department. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, marketing I mean, that would department. actually be really good. Marketing too. department. Marketing what does that department. mean? This prompt is what called marketing What do you think department? it means? We'll find out. Right. I don't know. This is the first postbound Wachowski movie that didn't have a video game at, like adaptation. Got it. There was a Matrix, Matrix yeah. Reloaded, there was a Speed Racer. I remember those Matrix games. You are ch- you are tasked with changing that, so come up with the core gameplay of a potential Cloud Atlas video game. What would that look like? That is so much fun. That is really fun. Um, for my a, mind for a wheel point. Okay. Okay. Can I throw out my and just just to say yeah. it? Abby has one wheel point. Joe has one wheel point. Audrey, you're behind. You do not have a wheel point. I think it could be a cool way to i don't know what the game you know lingo would be but to change like souls and like at you get to like evolve mm. like your souls evolve so um you could maybe like fable pick a, pick a character i haven't played fable maybe, but maybe <laughs> maybe even hop between their different lives. yes yes okay. but based maybe like kind of like um i know other video games have this too like based on the choices you're you make your soul either goes like good or bad and yeah. then like fable is, oh, that is Fable. <laughs> okay. So Fable. Is that the only game with like so a karma cl- Cloud system? Atlas reskinned Fable is what you're saying. Well, <laughs> yeah, but maybe with kind of like different worlds you could like okay, hop between um, different time. I don't know. I don't know how it would look, but that's my initial reaction. Joe, the I think, wheels are turning. I think I would in this. I don't. This is kind of like lazy. Not a cop out, but like. I'm not doing too much heavy lifting on this idea, but I do think if you kind of strip it down and, you know, build some like original characters from the ground up, but like keep, keep like the settings and keep like a lot of the core themes of like soul development. But I see a lot of potential for um, like decisions, you know, altering courses of the game and like changing paths. I think a telltale cloud oh, yep, Atlas yep, game yep, yep. would like knock it out of the park. That'd be like, really cool. And can like, you expand for our non-video game? So players? like tell telltale it's a for the woman in the. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Shut the fuck up. Telltale is like <laughs> yeah. kind of like a, it's a step above like a point and click. Choose your own adventure. <gasps> Choose, Choose your, your adventure. own adventure. Yes, there's like a Walking Dead telltale. There's a Walking Dead. Yeah, there's a Wolf Among Us. There's yep. a there's a Borderlands and a Batman. There's a ton of them. But uh, and I like like the oh you get points. I would play that absolutely. (laughs) Honestly, like Telltale, if you're listening, like that would be an amazing property. They are they are back in business. Telltale, if you're listening, you want to come on the pot. It would be it would be a huge undertaking. But oh, like if any style of game is like conducive to hopping around that much. And like so much like decision and impact uh, choices, and you know, with all the dialogue choices too that like could come of it. Noise, noise. Audrey, you have any video game ideas for Cloud Atlas, or do you want to go two wheel points behind? It doesn't have to be good. You have to. Just no, I was gonna say, do you get a wheel point no matter what you yeah. say? Yeah. Okay. What yeah. you say? Yeah. How about we do <laughs> like, like a like um a Mario thing? <laughs> 
Continue. Six, six worlds. At least do Mario Galaxy. Cloud Atlas. Mario. <laughs> Mario Mario Kart. No, it's that'd be funny. No, no, no. Oh, kart racer. So you know, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying like Super Mario. Like you have these like six worlds. Like you know how you have the ice world. Oh, and the you're world. saying it's like a like a you go okay. Yeah, you, and you, Tom Hanks is Mario, <gasps> and Princess oh, Peach is Halle Berry, and you have to go good. save that's Halle Berry. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, let me speak before you laugh. <laughs> sorry, you you lead with Mario. You can't. Because he's traveling like in like a Mario Galaxy like format. Mushroom or Kingdom. Ma- Here we <laughs> come. <laughs> but, but in a Mario Galaxy or Odyssey style thing where you're hopping through worlds, but if you're if you're tra- traveling through space and time, you know, with that mechanic, that that kind of streamlines it. You're saying that each each timeline is like a hub world. Yes. And you go through different levels. Yes. That would be cool. That's Thank cool. you. Mario's time. Thank you. <laughs> All right, everybody you buried the lead, though. So <laughs> we, Mario. Yeah, you did bury the lead. So we're going to call the studio. We're going to call the Wachowskis. We're going to try to get one of these video games. Cloud made. Atlas Mario. So they can keep Please. their... They can, keep their, they can keep their streak of having a video game Fable adaptation. Cloud Atlas. Fable. Thank you so much for listening to the Primo Kino podcast. Um, and thank you, Abby, for picking two very, very good movies to good discuss. Movie. It was well a really received. nice discussion. Yeah. Um, go follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Primo Kino podcast. And tune in in a few weeks for our very special spooky. That's what Halloween, Halloween extravaganza. Episode. Yeah. Halloween um, extravaganza. We got lots of get ready to be spooked. Surprises in store. It'll be a fun. It'll be it'll be different than our normal episode format. It's gonna it's be a special. A Halloween special. It's a special. It's a special. <laughs> it's a special. Bring an extra pair of undies. You'll <laughs> You're shit gonna your pants. pull your pants. <laughs> um. All right. See you later. See ya. Bye. Well, see you later. <laughs> <laughs>